outro. We're in a small room, somewhere north of the wall. All we have is empty pizza boxes. My wife and dog are outside the door. They want to get inside, and I ask, can Sequoia hold the door? <laughs> is it getting better? I think they're getting better. I should be mildly insulted <laughs> that I have to be the mentally challenged person. Don't hold her. Don't hold her. Actually, no, the only reason I did is because you're closest to the door. I am. Well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> we could redo this and I could no. get Amos to do his famous um, mentally handicapped noise. That's you have nice. a world famous mentally handicapped noise? According to him, I do. Yeah, like every podcast when I'm like, we're going to talk about comics, you're like, Yay! That wasn't supposed to be that's terrible. Listen, oh, I can can foresee people. I can foresee with with this on the podcast, all those listeners on SoundCloud dropping to zero. (laughs) They spoiled Game of Thrones and they made fun of retarded people. Fat Alamo. Blake never said the R word. (laughs) All right, let's do some icebreakers. Today's question will be, what is the best non-powered comic book character? I'll let you think about that for a second. And we'll start with Sequoia. I still say, when you originally proposed that, I still say we have to leave Batman out of it. Because everybody wants to say Batman. But to me, my favorite non-powered uh, comic book character is Judge Dredd. Uh, he is the embodiment of the law. Uh, he's just a normal cop in the future, fighting crime in the slums. All he's got is this trusty handgun and his motorcycle. And he's, Rob Schneider. And Rob Schneider by his side. But this is a guy who actually fought death itself with his bare hands and defeated it. So, I'm sorry. Like, if, if it isn't Judge Dredd, I don't know who is a better normal, non-powered super... super comic book character or whatever. He fights like undead judges. Yes, Judge awesome. Death and Fear and all yeah. those guys. <clears throat> He's just a normal guy. He's a bad dude. He is. I'm going to have to go a little bit more mainstream and throw Frank Castle's name into this. Yes. Um, he has been reborn many times, but he's never superpowered. He's just some dude who's nut job crazy. <laughs> Could probably be a villain, but isn't because of who he chooses to kill. And he does it so, so well. And superheroes fight them all the time, like Daredevil, and they kind of get beat up once in a while, you know? And once he actually killed the entire Marvel Universe. Yeah, he did. He he orchestrated that. And he was superpowered briefly when he was an angel, but that was briefly. And that's a terrible, terrible set of books. (laughs) I'd like to cut that set of books out. (laughs) Um, If I'm going to go for mine, it's it's along the same lines, but it's definitely Nick Fury. Mm, Okay. Nick Fury is... And he's definitely become much more prominent in... Yes? Doesn't he get superpowered, though? No, the only thing he has is abnormal. Is he's got some variation of Cap's super soldier serum that... The infinity formula that keeps him from aging, but other than that, he's a normal guy. That's true. I guess he's... His only power is he ages slowly, and that's yeah. pretty much just for continuity. I think we can let that slide. He could do that with human growth hormone and, and be alright, so yeah. Bovine. Go on, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, Nick Fury, the guy with bovine growth hormones. <laughs> listen, bovine, listen bovine growth hormones would ine- inevitably draw out the Skrull kill crew to come after him, so <laughs> probably not the best idea to be using. Uh, but yeah, Nick Fury, you know, he's definitely become much more prominent in recent years, and 
obviously his his appearance and, and the way he was portrayed in you know the Ultimates in the early two thousands certainly solidified the Nick Fury we have today. But you know, I even I even love the old Nick Fury, like the nineteen seventies Nick Fury. You know, Starenko, yeah. I love the Starenko, uh Nick Fury stuff, and you know, that's for me when I think about people that don't have powers that just you know kill stuff and and look you know rad doing it. He's just a you know he very rarely ever has someone get the drop on him. That's, he's awesome. He's a great character. He's got secret hideouts everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, even when he's not around, people are mentioning him. I mean, I, he's up there. So we've got Judge Dredd, Nick Fury, and the Punisher. So it's far. all a bunch of like anti-heroes. I'll go in a similar vein and say that my favorite non-superpowered comic book character is Archie Comics Jughead. <laughs> because all he wants is a hamburger, and he's got a neat paper hat, and nothing gets him down. In uh, in most recent uh, comics, it was announced that he is in fact asexual, so he is breaking down barriers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, they came out and he said that. He could use the bathroom here. Yeah. <laughs> no, he couldn't. Oh yeah, he could. Technically, yeah, he could. He could. <laughs> he just you know could only use one bathroom, and he could never be aroused. No. Comic books, everybody. Am I right? Sequoia, what have you been reading? Uh, the only thing I've read lately was uh, that DC Comics Rebirth one-shot that came out earlier this week. Um, you know, there's been a lot of big to-do made about it because, you know, this Rebirth event that's coming up this summer for DC Comics, a lot of people are kind of anticipating there's going to be something along the same lines as the New 52 that... DC's uh, rebooting their entire universe, but that seems not necessarily to be the case. Um, but basically, it was a 70-page one-shot written by Gary Frank, and I'm sorry, Jeff Johns, with art by Gary Frank, uh, Ethan Van Syver, and uh, Ivan Reese, guys who worked with, um, with uh, Johns on some of his more popular DC Comics works. But basically, uh, Keep in mind that the thing is called Rebirth, and that kind of harkens back to John's uh, previous uh, books with the title Rebirth. Remember Green Lantern Rebirth and uh, Flash Rebirth, which I never read, but I love Green Lantern Rebirth. That was an amazing book. You know, he managed to take the entire history of that character and every iteration of Green Lantern and, like, make everything count. So that's sort of the thing they're trying to do here is that they're trying to marry the new 52 with... Uh, the pre-52 universe, because there's been a lot of controversy. Like People have just not really taken very well to the DC Comics New 52 reboot. Um, and there have been complaints that the art is the art styles are too similar, the general tone is too grim, and just, you know, kind of like Batman versus Superman. It's just some really sour, you know, not fun comics. And I think he wants to bring that back. Which is interesting because... I don't. I don't. I haven't read any New Fifty Two because my DC palette has just been gone. But the reviews that I've read have been very positive for the stuff from Fifty Two. Well, there have been some standout titles. I mean, you know, definitely Scott Snyder's um, Batman run with Greg Capullo. That's been you know head and shoulders above the rest. I love what uh, uh, Brian Azzarello and Gary Chang. I mean, not Gary. Um, Brian. Oh Lord, Chang. Clip. Cliff Chang, sorry. Cliff Chang did with Wonder Woman. I never read it, but um, Jeff Jones is Wonder Woman. I mean, I Wonder Woman. Damn it. Aquaman. God. 
I'm That's sorry. Cool. Aquaman, I don't, I don't read, but I, a lot of people speak highly of that. Of course, Green Lantern, that still chugged along from the free pre-52 universe. So, um, I mean, there have been some stuff that people have praised, but overall, you know, I think it kind of shows in the fact that DC uh, comics have not been so well, as well as Marvel comics. And there, well, the universe is very segmented, segmented from what I have read. That the rebirth is supposed to bring that all together. Is that they're trying to loop in their entire universe and have something a little bit more online with like the Marvel universe, where everyone lives in this one dimension. Well, no, that's what they did with the new Fifty Two because you know they incorporated uh, characters that had mostly been Vertigo characters like Swamp Thing, yeah. Zatanna, and John Constantine, and they even brought in uh, characters from Jim Lee's Wildstorm universe with you know the Wildcats and the Authority. So I mean that new Fifty Two was that had already been happening. Yeah, that okay. that was more inclusive. But and there was also convergence. Like last year was supposed to be that bringing things to a more Linear, or well, I could have that backwards. I just know that there was another like world-changing event last year, so they're doing a lot of that. But, but Rebirth, that was a good read. I mean, if anyone feels reluctant buying it, I say go right ahead and buy it because I mean it's seventy pages at two ninety nine, so That's you can't knock that. Now, is um, this a good time for a non DC reader to jump in? Because I am not a DC reader, but I don't really know where to start. I would say yes because. Uh, they're going to be re. I mean, there there will be some continuity that carries over from the previous titles, but everything's starting over with a brand new number one. So um, or a new number like nine hundred and whatever. Yes, yeah, so I'm sorry. Yeah, because action and 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 uh, detective are going back to their original numbering, and that's because they're both on the cusp of both reaching issue one thousand, yeah. and that's a milestone. Yeah, you is. know, in and of itself. So. Uh, most of the books are going to be number one. So, yeah, right now would be a good jumping on point. Uh, or, just, I mean, if you haven't read any DC in a long time, I would start, the first thing I would read would be Scott Snyder's Batman. Yes. Because it's amazing. Yes. Okay. And it's been going on since uh, New 52 started in 2011. Yeah. I love so Scott Snyder. five so. years of Batman to read. Yeah, great. So American Vampire was, is one of my all-time uh, favorite, vol- like the first volume is one of my first, one of my favorite um, vampire comics, hands down. It, and I'll go on that rant later. But okay, Jughead is my favorite vampire comic. As the DC guy of this podcast, I have to say, uh, I give my thumbs up to DC Rebirth, and not giving anything away. There are two really major surprises in there at, at the beginning and the end of that book. So if you haven't had it spoiled for you yet, yes, go out, read it, and then go on the internet. <laughs> We're gonna have to have a let's teach Blake about DC uh, that should, segment. That should be a that should be a way to dismiss a person and say, oh, go on the internet. <laughs> Leave me alone. Go, go, on, go on the internet. No, when someone asks you a really, really uh, simple question that they should know, that's what you say. Go, oh, oh, go on the internet. <laughs> Why do you sound like Catherine Head? <laughs> Go to the internet. Go to the internet. Go to the internet. Then you go outside and play. Yeah, more of this. Or walk in front of traffic. Well, it's important because you know that's that's the our the next generation. Our children are the generation that can't go outside and play because it's going to be all sunblasted igneous rock outside by the time they're adults. So they got to stay inside. Turn into crowbars. I'm just waiting for my daughter to grow gills. It's going to be awesome. 
Yeah. All right, I'll talk about a comic book that uh, I recently started reading, and it's because I watched the really bad show iZombie with my wife. Mm. Um, I like the show. It's a show. I don't know. I, uh, it's, it's a show. That it's is a true. It is, it's they not, film it. It's not good. I'm not going to say that it's a good show, but I watch it. And anyone out there who's judging me, I know you watch something that isn't good, so don't. All those people watching RuPaul's Drag Race, I know you watch it. So do I. Shut up. All right. Like what not to wear. That's a good program. <laughs> Is that still on? I have no idea. <laughs> I just know I've seen it. I watch House Hunters International. It's there you go. There you go. Um, so, iZombie is written by Chris Robertson and uh, Michael Aldred. It is published by uh, Vertigo, or was published by Vertigo. And I'm about five or six comics in. And it follows a girl who is undead, hence the title, iZombie. Um, she's a grave digger, and she can't really remember how she died or why she died. She just knows that she has to eat brains to continue to living so that she doesn't become this crazy, you know, man-eating, quotes, I'm doing air quotes, man-eating zombie. Uh, what I really like about the comic, though, is that they have uh, this idea of oversoul and undersoul, <laughs> and it's, it's two parts of your soul, and one has memories and um, emotions, and the other one, um, the one has like memories and smarts and intelligence, and the other is emotions. And she, if she eats live human beings, she gains more of one. If she eats dead, she gets more of the other. And so she can't remember where she is or going or what has happened because she refuses to eat, you know, live or fresh brains. Right. So that's why she can't figure out who she is. And they've introduced um, a wear terrier. Which is kind of neat. It's a great word to say. Were-terrier. Yeah, so it's not a werewolf. It's yeah. like a were-terrier. And she's out kind of solving crimes. And she's met what seems to be like a zombie from the past. Who's really old. And most zombies are stupid and want to eat your brain. And she and just one other at the moment are um, sentient. And, and kind of... And I like... I really like the tone of the book. I'm not a huge fan of the artwork. Because it's a little more cartoony. Um... For me but it's it's neat i'm enjoying it so far that's kind of all i got have you has anyone else read it or I've, I've read some of it and uh i mean the big draw for me with that book is mike allred i love his art me too that's you why know, i gave you the shocked face when you said you you know i feel about some ecstatics yes yes <laughs> but um, um so what are the stuff has he done because i didn't look into the ecstatics <laughs> Ecstatics, uh, formerly known as X Force, he did that for Marvel. Uh, See, I think currently, I, I really like that stuff. Ecstatics, Fantastic yeah, Bugs, yeah. yeah, he did. Uh, well, not FF, 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 FF. Sorry, yeah. Uh, currently, he's doing Art Ops and Silver Surfer. Okay, um, I read he the did. Silver, I read but Mad Man is sort of his claim to fame. That was his. He uh, did the Book of Mormon illustrated as well, didn't he? Yeah, it was the the Golden Plates. He, yeah, he and his wife. Yeah, did he, did a, he did a comic book version of about the Book of Mormon. Because um, if I'm not mistaken, I think he himself yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, he and his wife are both Mormon. Young. I'll be honest with you, like I like his, I like his artwork on the Marvel stuff, but for Eye Zombies, very soft, like very soft palettes. The texture is kind of weird. Yeah, I think that has more to do with who, who the coloring, and I, if I'm not mistaken, because his his. Uh, normally his, I think his wife is his. I believe his so, colorist, yeah. normal or his inker. I can't remember. Yeah. Or maybe he inks his own. I know she works with him an awful lot. Yeah, but his son, uh, one of his sons, has uh, started working with him and for him. So, 
Uh, yeah, it, it was a little bit. His his the color style was a lot different in the iZombie comic than his other stuff. Um, but you know, All Red's thing is it's his art's all about pop and 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 yeah. wackiness. You know, and he's like was, the John Waters. Yeah, and I was gonna say it's almost like he's in in some of his stuff. Like there's definitely like an almost like Andy Warhol kind of yes. feel to a lot of his stuff. Well, the layouts. Um, of the book are pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Like they, they definitely aren't just like um, panel, 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 panel. There's, there's interesting ways that they show the story. Um, the way you read it is different every other page. Like there might be like a panels inside of a brain, mm-hmm. and like you you're following the dialogue through actions that the characters are doing with mm-hmm. their hands. So it's it's well thought out. It's a it's a good construction. I definitely have a problem with like the color palette for some reason. It feels very uh, soft and almost like Easter, like yeah. coloring. Like, it's just like, like one of those eggs you place the wrapper things on. It's like the, the pastel things. Yeah, though. it's very oh, yeah. pastel, very it's kind of Easter palette. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, so far I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, so you like the book, but you don't like the show. Oh, I like I like the show, but oh. it's a bad show. It's like you I don't hate watch it, but I kinda hate watch it. You know, like you enjoy you like parts of guilty it. about it. Well, I mean it's I'm okay with feeling guilty about yeah. liking it. Um I mean the show's very different from the book because I mean the book incorporates a lot more monsters and mythical yeah. things and the the show really tones that down. I was I was pointing out to a friend with the show, it's like somebody what was that show Forever Night, whereas the cop who mm-hmm. has to solve crimes and fight vampires and it's like well they took everything about a vampire and just slapped the word zombie on it and it's like well you know it's, it's no different than any vampire cop show I've ever seen in the past or it's kind of like <laughs> taking vampire cop show it's this whole genre <laughs> oh uh vampire cop <laughs> I love that oh, oh you, you get down on vampire detective uh, mysteries <laughs> who does uh, classic, a classic count who done it. But I will say that this book, um, I think, will appeal to a lot of different comic book readers because I can easily see someone who would read Hellcat and someone who would be reading Spawn enjoy the same book. And people read Spawn. You know, people did. Do they still? I, I, I work at a comic book store, and I don't even know if they still make Spawn. <laughs> I have to believe that really Spawn is still made, but I don't think I've read anything past issue thirteen. It was probably the it last one I ever picked the up. Two hundreds, I know that, but I, I don't remember. Or two fifty, I don't remember if it still comes out. Y'all hate on Spawn. I enjoyed Spawn, so I did. It, it is it is a product of its time. There is zero doubt about that. It might be outside of Liefeld's more notable works like X Force and New Mutants. It might be the most 90s comic book of the 90s. Also, one of the best Dreamcast games ever put out. <laughs> Speaking of the 90s. Yeah. All right. Uh, anyone else want to talk about comic books? Yeah, I'll talk about it. And I, this is, I will loosely, I won't delve too deeply into this. Uh, and I think I've mentioned some of the uh, Star Wars comics before. I think the Star Wars I talked about on a previous podcast. Uh, but I have Star Wars. What's that? It's called the Star. Wars. It's called the Star Wars because <laughs> yeah. it's based on Lucas's original script, right. uh, which was terrible, uh, and the, the the book also kind of is as well, but in a good way. Um, yeah, I've been reading all of the kind of supplemental books that have started appearing. Uh, Star Wars, which is the stuff that takes place between Empire and A New Hope, is or yeah, reverse that. Strike that. Reverse. Strike that. Reverse that. Thank you, Wonka. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, that that book's incredible. The Darth Vader stuff is is really really good. The Vader's so good because it talks about how he was responsible for the destruction of the Death Star, and he's just like shit on by the Imperial like upper officers. Like they don't respect him. Like they they view him as like you know they're like rubbing a dog's nose and it's it's accident, right? Like he's constantly being forced to look at his own failures, and he's so cocksure, right, and swagger in in the later films. And by the time we get to Jedi, he's, you know, as notable in the Empire as the Emperor himself. And it's just so interesting to see this take on him where he do- he gets thrown the bones from the, the officers at the table. Uh, not literally, but uh, in a lot of ways, like the, the, what he, the assignments that he's asked to carry out, the tasks he is. Um, the stuff that takes place after Jedi in between Force Awakens, like that stuff is fantastic. I've been re- the the Poe book is po great. Dameron. The Poe Dameron book is great. I um, mean the the alternate the variant covers have been just incredible. There's one that's like uh, an old school Kenner figure mm-hmm. with like the the blister card and everything. I've been incredibly surprised at the quality since Marvel has taken that back over. And as someone who read a lot of the Star Wars books that Dark Horse was putting out, at least initially, whenever the whole extended universe thing started happening in the 90s, and then fell off because it just got to be so convoluted and just choked and just absurd. Like, if I go back now and read through the the Wikipedia, which is the Star Wars wiki online, just because I want to understand something about, um, you know, one of the the Star, you know, the, the Star Wars characters that I've never really heard of, like Cade Skywalker, Luke's weird son. You know, I, I hear about these things and I go back and read them and I'm like, thank God I stopped reading that trash. <laughs> um, I would wholly recommend to anybody with even a passing interest in both Star Wars and comic books to read some of these series. Most notably Star Wars, Poe Dameron, and Darth Vader. I want to add something to this. Um, the sales are really good. Yeah, and they're and... expensive. Those books are... And, yeah, and the books are expensive, so that's, so that's interesting. Now, I know that the movies are happening every year, so that's got to help the comic books. Yeah. Um, I think that also a diff- two different types of comic book readers are reading it. I think new people to comics, and, and also um, Star Wars nerds. Yes. And then I also like that they've given an end to all the runs, mm-hmm. that they're not ongoing titles. There's yeah. only one or two ongoing titles, and they're just the Star Wars titles. Yeah. Everything else has a set end, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that's good because you're able to tell a story and move away from it. A lot of times, a story will go on too long and it takes away from the initial story. Right. And uh, I think we've seen that with the, our next book that we're going to review, Planet Hulk does right. that, right? And uh, I'm not a Star Wars guy and it makes me kind of want to pick one up. I, I watch the movies. I'm just not. As you can see, all of the uh, action figures I have everywhere. There's not, you know, it's all Marvel. You know, it, it makes sense for Sequoia to scoff like that. And I'm a huge Star Wars fan, uh, enormous, which is why I continue to to prattle on about the books that, that they've come out with. Um, but uh, it, it's it's one of those things where it reminds me a lot of the old Marvel Star Wars runs, right? Just like fun stories interspersed in this universe that literally you could write almost anything from any time period and I'd be really into. But the fact that it's um, relevant and salient to the the core story that so many people love makes it all the better, as long as it is kind of finite. Because I think the one thing that Star Wars has always had going for it um, has been that it isn't like Star Trek. It isn't like run into the ground with all kinds of derivative television shows and side shoots and stuff. Um, I like all those derivatives. <laughs> <laughs> and I 
I'm, and I'm not saying that it's not it's good. But everybody's got the one right, the, the, the part of it that they don't like. Well, I don't really like Voyager. And I'm not really into Enterprise. Now, that song in Enterprise is terrible. Yeah, that. But Enterprise itself is okay. I like the show, but yeah, I think that song... Uh, we should we should start this podcast with the Enterprise theme song. Immediately lose all the stuff. It's been a long road. I said we started with the Enterprise theme song Hidden and ended with the Firefly here. theme song. Which I hate. That's a terrible Two one. pieces. Was that the same artist? Take my law. Take they're my both space, They're both space country. I cannot stir. Oh, damn. Goddamn brown coats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I enjoyed the show and the movie. Same here, but I hate that song. <laughs> I have the song lyrics tattooed down my spine. <laughs> There's not enough room. Stop lying. I've got a very large back. There's no power in the verse that could yeah. let you do that. In the verse! Uh, Amos, do you have any comics you want to talk about? I haven't read anything recently. I have been binge-watching Frasier. I could talk about that. Instead of Amos talking about a comic, please take Frasier characters and tell us what comic book characters would play them in a crossover. Whew. Well, I could see Doctor Strange playing Frasier. Just because he's bald? No, not Frazier's not, not bald. Oh, no, Frazier's... Frazier's I was thinking of Yeah. He's kind of bald, balding. He, he's just got a widow's piece. He's about as bald as I am. I feel like J. Jonah Jameson would play his father. <laughs> yeah. He, I, I don't know, Jameson's really surly. I mean, he's kind of surly. What about um the... Uh, who Who is the pretend... The, what is the lady servant who has a really bad oh, English um, accent? Uh, Gilly? Guinea? I can't remember her <laughs> name right now. It's got to be Guinea. <laughs> Vision's wife that he created oh would play God. Guinea. I don't think her name's Guinea. I can't remember her name. But, uh, yeah, with the cartoonish Manchester accent. I don't know who would play David Hyde Pierce. Is that his uh, brother? Yeah, that's the brother. Vision? Um, yeah, Vision. Wow. So. Vision could be... Uh, I can't remember his no, name. No, 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 wait. What is um, uh, the Toad... What? <laughs> from X Men. From X Men. <laughs> we all know what happens to a toad when he gets struck by lightning, right? You know what happens to a toad when it gets struck by lightning? That's listen. That's like uh, an African accent, and that's a better African accent. <laughs> <laughs> she uses in that film. Oh, is she supposed to have an African accent in the first yeah. film, and then she just drops it completely for yes. two and three. Wow. I thought she was trying to sound English. No, no. <laughs> she was doing her best to sound like she sound was. Sound like Miss Cleo. <laughs> Can we go around and try new African accents? No. <laughs> Probably no. not. Definitely um, not. All right, that's uh, comics for now. Let's talk a little bit about comic book news. Something I want to get off my chest real quick. I just want to take a moment of silence, throw one up for my man Darwin Cook, who left this earthly plane a couple weeks ago. Great comic book artist, great guy. He will be sorely missed. If you guys have never heard of him, uh, do yourself a favor. Go and read DC's New Frontier. Yep. It is a fantastic book. Um, Buy it in hardcover. It's that good. Yes, yes. The hardcover is gorgeous. Yes, yes, it is. Um, I mean, uh, he's a guy, as far as his work, I mean, he's best known, like I said, DC. New Frontier. He worked briefly on Ecstatics. Mm -hmm. uh, most of his work's been for DC Comics. Uh, you know, he did very little for uh, Marvel back in the early 2000s. Uh, I'd also say cop some of those uh, 
those uh, Parker novels mm. he did, but I never read any of those. Listen, New yeah. Frontier might be the, a good place for a non-DC person to get their their feet wet with DC. Yeah. Not that it's representative of the, the universe at large, but it is a fantastic DC story. It, it captures the tone, especially of the Silver Age mm-hmm. of DC Comics, which is where we get a lot of our <coughs> current our iterations. Tropes. I mean, that's, yeah, comic tropes. Uh, <laughs> it is the foundation for DC as we know it now, even though it takes place in the 60s, but fantastic book, but God rest that man, so mm-hmm. he will be sorely missed. Or Elrond or Allah or whoever it is that's up there. <laughs> Elrond. Elrond. Elrond Hubbard. <laughs> or Kanchu. Yeah, whatever. I choose Kanchu, just for the record. So let's talk, uh, on a brighter note, Comixology now has a pay-as-you-go unlimited service. Um, you can't read the new Frontier that way. Just, you know, a bunch of people in the background. The CEO, David Steinberger, announced in an interview, not all volumes are going to be on Comixology Unlimited. It's going to be more of like a bait, bait and switch. Or what is the saying? A ruse. It's a ruse. Um, it's a ruse. Um, still no, attempt to fool still me, no DC. Um, so so what, what, yeah, what publishers come under the Image, umbrella? Dark Horse, Boom. Is Dark Horse on there? Because Dark Horse doesn't use Comixology for their app. I'm pretty sure Dark yeah. Horse is on there. Okay, that's great. That's, that's actually... Yeah, you some Hellboy. Some Hellboy. You, yeah, you not the whole thing. Hey, get in here. You want to do some Hellboy? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> You're under arrest for doing Hellboy. Uh, I'm kind of so it's five ninety nine a month, which Ooh, yeah, it's super yeah. cheap. Uh, Damn. Okay. Which is good. Uh, <laughs> they know they can't balance. charge for. There's no for, big two. <laughs> for image alone, yeah, I think that that's worth it. Uh, which sucks is I just bought a bunch of image books before this came out. Yeah. Like I bought the end of Revival and then a bunch of other stuff. But from from what I've read, it's it's not going to be as comprehensive as a lot of Marvel. I mean, not that you can read like every Incredible Hulk on Marvel, but, but uh, you can read more than you want to. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah, you read more than you should. Man should. I, I get the sense that this won't we'll be everyone. like this won't be. Oh, they've got the first four volumes of Saga. Kind of, from what I read, it sounds like starting out they're going to have selections from a bunch it of big seems, titles. And because it's an Amazon company, it seems to me that there's almost the um, the Netflix kind of approach to it or HBO. Yeah. We currently pay these publishers for these titles to yeah. be available for unlimited reading. I would assume that they're going to have a what's new category and uh, they're going to have a what's leaving soon category. Yeah. You know, we could... We're, we're talking about this, but it is out, and you can get on it now, so one of us should have already done this. <laughs> I, I it's free for a month, too. Yeah, yeah I, I, I signed up for it. It just didn't, it didn't seem very feature-rich right now. It just looked exactly like their website. So, um, And I read a comic on it, well, and, and it was there's, easy. You know, <laughs> and there's, there's always that, that kind of proving thing for me, too, is, that, is this going to include the stuff I want to read? Because, you know, I don't read a lot of the... You know, some of the stuff I read, I mean, obviously Star Wars is one of those, and it won't be on this, but it's it's a it's a more mainstream thing. But a lot of stuff, like, I don't honestly foresee sex criminals being on Comixology Unlimited. It might be, and I might stand corrected. But those are the kinds of books that, like, I really get into. Is this going to be representative of that for me? And I like to kind of read them as they come out, too. Well, how so. many volumes are, they don't even have a full volume yet, right? Sex criminals? Yeah, this is like three two. or four. Really? New, new, no, the, the third one, the third one still has one more issue to go oh, before they collect. Oh, sorry, because their arcs are five issues each, and, oh, yeah, okay. and, and fifteen is on its way out. Yeah. 
All right. Is that the one where people have sex and then time stops? Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll really talk good. about that one on a okay. later podcast. Yeah, that shit is the jam. You know, I mean, really I, I've been saying for a long time, this sort of needs to be where the industry goes because I'm running into a lot more people who are going to digital only with their comics. Yeah. Um, mostly because of space issues. And, yeah. you know, comic books, I mean, I like with you guys, I, I limit what I read based upon what I can afford. And I know some people who drop 70 bucks a week on comics, and I couldn't do that. So, I mean, something like the Netflix method mm-hmm. would be a lot more feasible. But the thing is, you know, I would like to do Marvel Unlimited, but it's like, well, they don't have any of the Max titles. Yeah. Um, DC has nothing like this whatsoever, and I feel like they're missing the boat with that. I think they're hurting because of it, because I would own DC Unlimited, yeah. and I would know more about DC than I do now. I don't know anything about DC, and I blame the lack of... I blame I, DC. I, DC. I blame DC. <laughs> I, I, what I honestly see happening is sort of similar to what happened with Netflix streaming and HBO Go, where, you know, I think Comixology doing, taking this approach is kind of everyone seeing if this is a feasible method. And I feel like it, between, you know, depending upon how this goes and how Marvel Unlimited continues to do... I don't know if everyone's going to put their um, their titles in comics on it. I can see everybody breaking off and doing their own app, you know, like Image having something and Dark Horse and Boom Studios or just whoever on down the line. Right. I mean, yeah, but for people who follow um, artists and for people who follow writers, mm-hmm. it's I think it is better for. There, there needs to be an industry standard. There needs to be a, like an Amazon. There needs to be a comicsology. Well, the problem that that becomes is the same problem that you get with like Netflix. Is there's so many competitors to Netflix now, and studios have realized what Netflix is willing to pay for a lot of these programs and movies and things that they're basically like holding knives at their throats to pay more for less. So that's why you'll find that the selection that you've got on Netflix pales in comparison today than it did to several years ago. Yeah. Well, I think the thing was initially why a lot of people didn't put their um, invest in um, streaming comics, for lack of a better term, was because they did not want to cut out the uh, retailer market. Mm-hmm. And that was their thing of, you know, I remember a lot of people when um, Marvel and DC started putting downloadable codes in their uh, download codes in their books. A lot of people were like, oh my God, this is the death knell for, you know, mom and pop comic shops and such. And, you know, they had to really try to um, calm everybody down and assure them that they weren't selling out stores just to go strictly to digital. Because the thing is, I mean, <clears throat> digital still costs, if you bought your stuff, I mean, it's still going to cost as much as a physical comic. It does, yeah. So there's almost no reason in, in, in investing in it. But for some people, it's a better thing to have because, like I said, it doesn't take up any space. I don't space. think it does. If yes, uh, if you live in an area where there is no, you know, convenient comic book store, you can download it. You can get your books without having to drive a hundred miles to get to a shop. So, um, I think we could say that it's a good thing. What's yeah, happening is potentially, good yeah, yeah. I, in my opinion, I, it might be bad for mom and pop stores, but we'll we'll see. Well, and it's about people flipping out. It's about the same as people flipping out whenever VHS tapes, you know, could be recorded. Oh, there goes home video that will never be able to sell videos and stores ever again. And that didn't do much. If anything, it enhanced it, right? The same with cassette tapes. It wasn't the death of the music industry. And, it, and I honestly don't think that, you know, um, where we are right now is if we've learned anything about physical and digital media and how they are 
either competing or complementing services, it's that you just kind of have to take a different approach with both of them. Yeah. The thing that you can do on physical that you can't do with, uh, with digital, variant covers. Mm. There's a ton of that stuff. You can do the, the special covers. You, can, you can't sign a digital book. Like These are things that you'll never be able to do, but they need to differentiate themselves. Uh, the music industry has switched to where the big thing in record stores these days is actual vinyl, really deluxe edition sets that you just cannot get through buying it digitally. You want the digital? Perfectly fine, right? That's a whole industry that we also support, but we support local record stores as well because we have really great stuff. Um, you know, the album will come out on Friday, the deluxe vinyl set or you know, bonus EP, you know, seven inch or something comes out on Tuesday to complement that in record stores only. And I think that that's where we'll eventually see comic stores get to. Either way, it's exciting news for Comixology. Um, so, you know, let us know what you guys think. You want to read digital? Check out Comixology let us know how it is. Because I'm not buying it. All right. <laughs> I thought you were so positive about it. And then, uh, you know what, I'm not, I don't care for this. No, I, I might. I don't know. It's, it's, you get a month for free. Yeah, I'm going to do the month. We'll see. Okay. We'll follow back in a month. Um... So we're going to do this podcast a little bit different, and uh, they've been a little long. Our viewers have said, we don't listen to your whole podcast. We have viewers, too? Whoa. We have viewers. People watch our podcast. People watch our podcast. Theater of the Mind. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sequoia's Theater of the Mind. Theater of the Mind. You'll see things that are shocking. <laughs> Next week, we're going to do a full review slash spoiler slash read of The Planet Hulk by Pack uh, from 2006. So I would that's read Greg Pack Unlimited. At the end of that, I would pay a dollar a month for everything he's written. So we're going to leave you guys with a kill, keep, or reboot. Reboot. Blake is Canadian. I would like to... Oh, I already said that one. Uh-oh. What? I was going to say, I want to kill um, most to all Hanna-Barbera comics. <laughs> did, you, did you say that last time? I don't know if I did. Did we talk about that new Scooby-Doo? That's the Scooby-Doo I talked about. I want to I want to kill it. Where? I want to kill it now. Shaggy has a good shaggy. Or not a good tease. Yeah, I was Oh, that Future Quest book. I picked that up. That was that was nice. I heard I heard that one was really good. I want to kill the Scooby-Doo, and I don't want I don't want the Flintstones in my life. I don't want the Flintstones in my life. Sednik feels very different than you do. I don't know. We'll have to see with the next two titles. I'm not very amped for them. You got what Wacky Raceland, which is like Mad Max. That could be okay though. I don't know. Mad Mad Muttley. Mad Mad Muttley. I don't read the How do you spell that? That's a really good Muttley laugh. I want a hardcore version of Captain Caveman. No, Thundar was good. I would. I love Thundar. His fake Chewbacca man was the 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 mock. The mock, yeah. Um, God, the energy sword was so dope. No, the uh, the Gal- other one. Galtar. No, Galtar was the the Lantor. No, you I, guys I'm older than that. Yeah, older like, than that. The uh, with Gloop and Gleep and oh, uh, Herculoids. Oh, Herculoids. Yeah, Herculoids. Yeah. yeah, they're in Future Quest. Now, are they? Future Quest is pretty much focusing on the '60s era of Hanna Barbera action cartoons. That's dope, man. Yeah. Kill Captain America again. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not into this new thing. So we want to kill Captain America because he's in. He's a Hydra agent. Apparently. Okay, I'm good with that.
As soon as you you got to talk about the Hanna Barbera stuff, I want a reboot of Thundar the Barbarian. That was one of my favorite cartoons as a kid, and I love this new Future Quest book. Mm-hmm. So I want to see Thundar the Barbarian come back in under this new Hanna Barbera DC whatever this mess is. That's what I want. I also want to see Captain Power come back. <laughs> Captain Power. Only if it's live action though. Everyone listening, make sure that you read for next week, Planet Hulk. From 2006, we're gonna tear it apart, and we're also gonna talk about things that you don't talk about with Hulk, like where does he use the bathroom? How does he have sex with people? Those are things that we're gonna talk about. So until next time, I say to you, where would you be without?